Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call. Get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball. Baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. High fly ball off the bat of Otani. Robert is back for it at the wall. That is gone. Shohei again. It's his second straight day with a homer. A two-run blast off Lance Lynn. And the Angels have a 4-1 lead. All right, great call by Wayne Randazzo of a Shohei Otani home run. I don't know if you know this, but Shohei Otani is pretty good, and he hits home runs. Yet, somehow, he didn't make it onto my initial all-star ballot. We were able to vote for all-star for the first time yesterday, so I did that, and I did not vote for Shohei Itani. He will be on the all-star team. Don't worry about it. But Jordan Alvarez, he's my DH right now. Anyway, go check that out. But today is a very special Baseballs and Boring. Subscribe, rate, review, listen. All of those things because of episodes like today. We're going to get right to it. Sam Dykstra of MLB Pipeline talking about our favorite subjects or one of our favorite subjects, and that is prospects, especially when prospects are now getting called up and people get excited about what these guys might do for their teams. There is nothing that gives lifeblood for a fan base more than having a prospect come up and do something or the excitement of a prospect. And there's no better person to talk about that than Sam Dykstra, friend of the program. He's already been on once, and now he's on again. And to top things off, one of the aforementioned prospects, one of the aforementioned people who are making an impact on a team after being called up, Matt McClain. Yep, draft pick 2021, first rounder. You're going to hear Sam talk about him. And then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go talk to Matt McLean. Now, he's a friend of the program. It's a good one today. So let's get right to it. Sam Dykstra and then Matt McLean. All right, one of the most um, exciting, least boring things in baseball is the idea of what might be, the idea of prospects. And when it comes to this subject, there is no person better to talk about it. And we have proof of this from spring training. Sam Dykstra, MLB Pipeline. Sam, how are you? Good, Rob. How are you doing? 
Oh my, I couldn't be any better. I couldn't be any better. I, I, we just talking a little bit about, you know, guys who are getting promoted guys who are getting, you know, former drafts. Um, it is, I felt like it was a great, it's always a great time to talk to you, but it's, it's, I felt like it was a great time to talk to you because we're starting to see a trickle of the guys who teams didn't necessarily want to quote unquote rush, but then boom, like here they are. I was like, okay, you know, it's it's not even two months in the season. You're promoting them. You clearly thought they were going to be promoted at some point, but they've separated themselves, and now they are the the lifeblood, the jumper cables for a lot of these teams. It's like it is crazy, Sam. Right? How the excitement and the energy of a franchise in a in a fan base is amped up when you promote a guy that you actually think can help the team, right? Yeah, I mean, look at like the Reds since they brought up Matt McClain. I mean, I know the NL Central is a bad division, but like Matt McClain's been a legitimate big leaguer for them. And it seems like there's some actual excitement in Cincinnati. You look at Zach Neto in Anaheim or yeah, technically LA. Uh, you know, he's been maybe their most exciting player the last few weeks, the way he's been able to hit as quickly as he has from somebody from the 2022 draft class and way he's been able to field his position. And then the angels call up Ben Joyce and he's throwing a hundred miles an hour instantly <laughs> upon promotion. I mean, it's, it's funny how much energy, like you were saying, just calling a new guy up, bringing somebody who's excited, who has those wide eyes, but also the skills to contribute immediately, how much that can help out a ball club. All right. So give me the guys, you name some, maybe this is one of them. It's going to be your answer. Um, give me somebody who you like. I did not expect that guy to be in the major leagues when you were on the Baseballs and Boring podcast at the end of May. Yeah, I, I think Matt McClain is that guy. I mean, you look at what he was doing last year at Double A. Um, it seems like he was selling out for power. I mean, he, he's kind of diminutive guy. He's not very tall. He's a middle infielder. Not somebody who should be aiming for 30 home runs, but if he was selling out for that, he didn't have quite the Double A season that I think a lot of people expected. I saw him in the Arizona Fall League wasn't a big standout guy to me, although that was at the end of the first full season. So sometimes guys gets tired. That's just how that works. And you look at who he is now for the Reds. It seems like he's being more selective. He's driving the ball still. He is hitting for power without selling out for it. He plays a good shortstop. I think he's even better at second base. Um, they have a second baseman now in Jonathan India, but it's about to become a problem. You know, Ellie De La Cruz is knocking on the door right behind him. And this is the exact type of good problem the Reds need to have. If they're going to have a promising future, oh my getting goodness, Matt McClain, yeah. yeah, getting Matt McClain <laughs> to be a legitimate top 100 prospect is a big piece of them and only contributes to that. So you had mentioned, uh, sorry, you had mentioned that Matt McClain, Matt McClain was the 17th overall pick in the 2021 draft. Um, and I was looking at this, and correct me if I'm wrong. So Bryce, that was Bryce Miller's draft, right? 2021. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What was biz- And I bring this up because what was bizarre about that was I was looking it up when Bryce Miller got called up and he started rolling that there had been – there was at that point, there was nobody in the first or second rounds of that draft that make it, and everybody who had made it were, was in the, like, I think third, fourth, and fifth rounds. There were like five guys. But here we go. Here we go. Here, here's Matt McClain. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it's been really interesting to see how the Reds and Mariners have pushed their guys, especially the Mariners. I know I touched a bit on the Reds there, but like Bryce Miller skipped over AAA. This is a thing that the Mariners do. They they get kind of scared of sending, especially their pitchers, to Tacoma because the Pacific Coast League is such a hitters-friendly league as a whole. 
So guys can really get shelled there. Their confidence can drop. If you think a guy's ready, they're totally willing to call him up. And Bryce Miller, he's so fascinating to me because he's so fastball heavy. The guy throws his fastball 60, 70, sometimes even 80% of the time. And guys in the major leagues just have not hit it. I mean, it's been really insane to watch. It almost reminds me of when Spencer Strider got called up and we were sitting there saying, this guy's a two-pitch guy. It's not going to work as a starter. He's probably going to be a reliever. And, hey, if you have that one pitch, it, it can work in the modern game, apparently. And he was also, I believe, because I did an interview that didn't record with him. Uh, that was a bad day, Sam. I had Julio <laughs> Rodriguez and Bryce Miller, uh, te- technical issues. But it was good to talk to both of them. And one of the things I was talking to Bryce about was, you know, he's Texas A&M reliever, right? This is another <laughs> thing that you have to sort of factor in. But that's more about draft. And we'll get to draft, I think. Uh, down the road because that's also everybody loves a draft everybody loves the idea of what they might be picked and we've already had some draft conversations um but i think it's interesting what you said about seattle the different approaches that teams take in terms of promoting because that's what we're talking about now when do you pull the trigger when it comes to say okay you're ready you're the guy it's that is something that for organization is such a i would imagine is such a We're going to have to leap in the deep end here because the easy way to play it is, hey, we're going to let the guy develop and develop and develop. But that, especially now we're talking about May, where you know you have a need and you know that, I mean, the um, the the Angels, you know, we know we need a shortstop. There you go. Like, we're going to get this guy who was drafted last year. Forget about mm-hmm. it. You know, And it's worked out pretty well for them. So anyway, yeah, uh, yeah go ahead. No, no, I, I think one fascinating thing now is just the, I don't want to say necessarily analytics, but like the amount of data we have, we know exactly how it's shaped or the shape of the fastball. We know the shape of the curveball. We know how that stuff can play in the major leagues immediately. It's not like one of these scenarios where we need to see you use it against AAA bats necessarily. Like if it's, the stuff is already major league quality, throw them in the deep end. Let's see how it works. I mean, the mentality might, breakdown you never know what a guy's gonna do when he all of a sudden is seeing a third and fourth deck and he's playing under the bright lights but like now's the time to find out uh and i think that confidence you have in players can often get rewarded and i and i celebrate that more than i celebrate like holding a guy down and saying oh you need to be a finished product like nobody's ever finished product development doesn't stop just because you reach the major leagues um so these teams that are getting aggressive yeah they're getting that extra boost and uh, they're going to be part of the conversation in June and July more than, hey, what happens if we wait? Like, these games count now. So get so, your wins while you can. So give me another guy besides McLean because there's been a few of them. Another guy, you're like, oh, that's interesting. You know, that's that maybe wasn't on my radar. Or, or maybe it's, it's, it's somebody who had been called up and you're like, that worked out like I thought it would, which a lot of times we don't because we're only we're only – less than two months in the season so it's sort of like you're making these judgments off of my league production less than two months in the season but as you said it's more than just numbers the batting average or era or whatever it is it's a lot of different things yeah. is there anybody else jump out at you who's been promoted um i mean somebody who i don't want to say he's like necessarily been surprising but he's always been old as james outman with the dodgers He's like right up there for rookie of the year considerations and was never a top 100 prospect because of the age, although he's somebody who's always been able to hit and he's certainly been athletic enough. 
But when you're a 26 year old at AAA, like we're not going to project you to be one of the top 100 prospects in baseball. It's just difficult for that to happen. You're entering your prime already. Um, but for the Dodgers to just plug him in in the way they have has been really special. I mean, that's huge. Uh, it's a big reason why I think, you know, a lot of people were going to write them off because they didn't make signings in the offseason. But that's another system that really knows its prospects, mm. knows when guys are ready to call up, knows what their strengths are and what they can do. And we're seeing that on the pitching side, too. Bobby Miller making his debut, uh, I think it was last week, and looking every bit of who he was in the minor leagues. Uh, the Dodgers you know, are one of the three best systems in baseball, despite never having a high draft pick because the major league team is always so good. And the reason for that is they are just so good at development. What's the best team, best organization in terms of identifying how good guys actually are? and picking the right guys and also conversely building up some of the other guys. And this is, this is part of being a, a good GM, a good front office. And I'll go back. This is going back a ways, but the Braves used to dominate this. The Yankees have been pretty good at it too, about mm-hmm. like, this is of hyping up certain guys, getting a lot in return for them. And those guys not panning out um, and then hanging on to the right guys. Who, who in your mind is really good at, at identifying the right guys and maybe parting with the guys that aren't necessarily the right guys? Yeah, I mean, Dodgers obviously come to mind uh, for that because they could have made some major trades. I mean, they were in in conversations apparently for Juan Soto before the Padres went all in and pushed crazily in. And I would have been fascinating to see how that would have worked. But like again, Bobby Miller probably would have been involved in that deal. And now he's giving them major innings at a time when they need them. Um, I think the Rays never trade with the Rays. That's what it comes down to. The Rays, if they come calling and they say like, hey, we really like this player for you who plays in the complexes, either in the Dominican or in Florida or Arizona, and you think like, oh, that guy's so far away, we'll give him away. It's no problem. They turn those guys into top 100 prospects. They did that a few years ago with Curtis Mead. They got him from the Phillies in a 40-man clearing deal. They're doing it now with Junior Caminero, who just got called up to double-A. Uh, somebody who's hitting for average, hitting for power, can play third base, can play second base, a little bit of short. He, he was somebody the Guardians just gave up for Tobias Myers. And if you're asking who's Tobias Myers, there's your answer. I mean, they, they gave him up, again, just to kind of get an arm. And now the Rays have another really, really good infielder. They're really good at identifying talent once they're in the pros. I don't think they're necessarily the best drafters. You look at like their history of first round picks, it hasn't always panned out in that mm-hmm. way. Um, but once they see guys in the pros, they, they're really good at that. And the other one I'll throw in there is actually Cleveland. Like Cleveland mm-hmm. does a really good job at drafting and identifying guys who fit their pitching system incredibly well. Shane Bieber is like the golden example of that. Somebody who had pristine control in college and they drew out three, four, five miles an hour extra on his fastball. Look who he is now. We're seeing that this, this spring with Tanner Bybee a guy they just called up uh, a few weeks ago. Logan Allen has been doing really well for them. And Gavin Williams is their best pitching prospect. Another guy who's like touching triple digits with pretty good control. So they do a really good job of like, hey, we know exactly what to get out of you and we're going to take you in a way that the rest of the industry wouldn't. Those are great examples. And and I love it. It's so true. You, you A lot of times it's like you fit exactly what we want to do or we see that you have a skill set that's going to fit our organization better than the organization it's coming from you're being devalued so as we go through here now we're getting to june now we're getting to july now we're sort of seeing 
teams identifying we're going to be in it or identifying where they're going to be buyers or sellers, whatever it is. I'm going to ask you for a few guys that you feel are going to be, who haven't been called up yet, who are going to be impactful players potentially. that are on the cusp of helping teams. But I'm going to ask you for the entire 2023 year, what is the one guy that we're going to look back at and say that was the most impactful guy who is not in the major leagues right now, but will be in the major leagues at some point? Yeah, I mean, I think right now for guys who would be called up this year, you mean? Yes. Yeah, uh, I think it for that it has to be Ellie De La Cruz, who I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier about you know is part of that middle infield uh, issue for the Reds, and again, issue I'd say in the best possible way. Uh, what he's been doing this year at AAA Louisville has been insane, and we've always known he's one of the toolsiest prospects in all of minor league baseball. The power plays really well from either side. Um, he can throw the ball at 99 miles an hour. He's got great speed. It always just came down to the hit tool. I mean, he's somebody who's struck out 30% of the time everywhere he's played until this spring. He started the year on the IL with a hamstring injury, uh, came back in late May, and I talked to him. I went down to Louisville a couple of weeks ago and talked to him about it. And he said, listen, I know strikeouts are an issue. And I know the big problem for me is breaking balls down in the dirt. And you can track it. I mean, he is not swinging at those pitches as much anymore. And when pitchers are making mistakes, he is hitting the ball 450 feet. And that is not an exaggeration. (laughs) He had a game a few weeks ago in which he hit three balls in one game at 116 miles an hour plus. No major league team has ever done that in the StatCaster. Never mind individual player. No team has ever done that. Uh, It's just, it's insanely good. And if he's starting to marry that power with a little bit of discipline, he can go superstar mode. I mean, he can be an all-star by next year. It's it's really, really exciting stuff. I mean, the, there's still some stuff to figure out. He's got to hold that plate discipline for a little while longer, I think, um, show that it's it's sticking. Uh, is he going to be a shortstop? Is he going to be a third baseman? We'll see. People I talk to say keep him at shortstop as long as you can. He's six foot five, Like, he's massively tall for short. But he's so athletic, and he eats up ground really well, and he has the arm keep your most athletic player at a premium position. But when he comes, man, he's it, it's going to be super exciting, not only in Cincinnati, but just for the rest of the baseball world to get a close glimpse of Ellie De La Cruz. Yeah, well, that's sort of like we we love players like that because we want them to be stars. You know, we want mm-hmm. we want O'Neill Cruz to be a star. We, we, we want these guys to be stars. And sometimes it takes some time. And, uh, and, and another one, you know, I was talking to someone just the other day in Arizona about, because obviously he was traded from Arizona, like Jazz Chisholm. We, we want him to be a star, um, right. as was evident by going on the cover of MLB The Show. Like, but he doesn't just because we want that. But still, the idea of him, the idea of him being like what you, all the things that you said, that's what gets baseball fans excited as much as anything, as much as. In regular season, this is why we're having this conversation. Nothing gets baseball fans more excited about the, about the season, about their team than this. I'll give you another example. Locally, where I am, Marcelo Meyer gets promoted to the double-A. Forget about what happened in the last Red Sox series. Nobody cares. What they care about is this guy getting promoted to double-A. <laughs> double-A. You know why? Because that means that he's a step closer to uh to actually playing in the major league so um but one guy so one of the interesting organizations 
and we talk about identifying the right guys and not trading away the right guys or the wrong guys. When you're in the Baltimore Orioles and you have a farm system like you do, and now all of a sudden you're in it, right? You're you're in it to win it here. They've already like got everyone excited about Michael Elias coming out the other day, t- actually talking about the trade deadline. Holy mackerel! Like you're acknowledging the trade deadline It's a GM first, um, but they've called up some guys already, and they called up guys last year. Obviously, uh, I see Colton Cowser. He's a guy. Am I? I'm saying his name correctly. I would imagine Cowser, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah. 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 Um, so in the top 100 of guys who are projected, who are close, who are left. And I'm not talking about Grayson Rodriguez, who just got called, uh, just got sent down again, who I would imagine will be called up again. But is this the guy? Is this the next guy? Especially now you have Cedric Mullins banged up. Like, is this is this the next guy for the Orioles who is going to be called up to help? I think Kowser currently is dealing with a quad injury. Uh, okay. He's been on the aisle himself recently. But he was definitely on my list of, like, the next guy because – I, I was so fascinated to see how they're going to handle him because he is a center fielder. I think in any other organization, not any other, but most other organizations, you're keeping that guy in center. But with Cedric Mullins being who he is and being resurgent year, like Hauser has that potential to be him. The big thing for him was righty lefty splits mm. last year. He could crush righties, was really struggling with lefties. Now he's got, I think it's an OPS above 1,000 against lefties this season. So he's clearly focused on that. He's made the proper adjustments. Uh, everything I was talking about with the Guardians before in pitching, I mean, that's the Orioles in hitting. Mm. They have a logjam of bats now. And they are really primed to make a move at the trade deadline for an arm. That's what they need. Grayson Rodriguez didn't work out the way they hoped. I think he can still be a number three starter at the big league level. He just needs to stop tipping his pass ball a little bit. Like that seems to be what's getting banged the most. Um, but they can turn if they wanted to Colton Cowser, Jordan Westberg, Joey, Joey Ortiz, um, Connor Norby, Kobe Mayo, all of these guys are in double A AA or triple A or have a little bit of major league experience. Flip two or three of them for like Corbin Burns. Mm. Like that, that's, that's the type of deal that's going to put Baltimore over the top. And there's the guy we haven't even talked about yet, Jackson Hall. I was gonna, I was gonna, one. I was gonna yeah. say like, there's in your world, that's the name probably in the last month. It's been talked about more than anybody, right, Jackson Holiday. Yeah, I mean, it's it's between him and Ellie De La Cruz of like who uh, gets the most excitement these days. But it's it's insane what Jackson Holiday's been doing. I mean, he's so to is to add some context to it. This is a kid who was drafted last year, uh, high school shortstop, but his. He is just absolutely just dominating everybody. And we we try to figure out projections like I did this with Meyer the other day of, okay, this look at Bobby Wood Jr. This is where he was drafted. This is when he was in the major leagues. You know, you could do it with McLean. You go all the way back, a guy like Corey Seager, these high draft picks, high middle infield draft picks. How long did it take them? But Jackson Holiday might be breaking the mold here, right, yeah. of the way that he's going. Yeah, I mean, you might have to go back to, like, Bryce Harper for, like, First overall picks were climbing as high as Jackson Holiday, and I'm not trying to make that comp. Like Bryce Harper was a generational talent, but Jackson Holiday, I was on a few Orioles podcasts last week, and they were asking like, can be up, can he be up at Double A next week? And I don't think we're there yet, but the, the insane ability that he's shown to walk more than he struck out everywhere he's gone, including High A now at just 19, he was the youngest player at that level when he showed up, or at that in the South Atlantic League anyway, and immediately start hitting. Like he has, he plays a good short. 
So the defense isn't going to be a huge concern. The, de- the glove is a little behind the bat, but still he's a teenager. Like that's going to come along just fine. Uh, it's been really fun to see. And the way he hits tall fields, I definitely think he's going to be a double A by the end of the year. And then we're talking about a major league debut first half of next year. But I don't know. I, I, it almost also gives me, and I know I threw Bryce Harper. I'm going to go with another national here is like Juan Soto. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember when Juan Soto came up, Rob, mm-hmm. but yeah. he, he was at low A, then went up to high A for like two weeks and then was at double A. And we're like, oh, that's cool. And then they called him up from double A because they just knew the bat played. And that goes into all those metrics. He was hitting the ball hard. He was, wasn't swinging outside the zone. All the stuff that Jackson Holiday is doing now, um, I think he needs more experience. But the fact that we're talking about a 2024 ETA for this guy is insanely fast. Do you think, and Soto jumps to mind every time I ask this question, but do you think there's an acceptance in baseball more than ever of having younger guys? In other words, you know, having the guys under the drinking age actually make major league debuts. It feels that way anyway, but do, what do you think about that? Uh, I don't know if it's changed. I mean, I think you're seeing a little bit more of it. And if, like the new CBA is playing into that too, right? Like the ability to get an extra draft pick if you start a guy on opening day. Like Jordan Walker of the Cardinals, who's somebody we haven't talked about yet. Um, we still have him as number one overall. That's probably going to change when we do our next update. But he was the first player from his birth year to make the majors. And he started on the opening day roster, skipping over AAA completely. Hmm. Um, it, it hasn't worked out the way the Cardinals would have hoped or he would have hoped, but, uh, you know, the fact that they were willing to give him that chance, the CBA, I'm sure played a role in that, but also again, just the data to back it up. The guy always hit the ball hard and he was a 300 hitter everywhere he went, um, skills that normally translate pretty quickly. And I think when he goes back, he's going to be his Jordan Walker self. Like, I think he's coming around. He's just trying to hit the ball as hard as he can, instead of trying to lift it and get out of his approach. Um, but yeah, those you're seeing more and more of that just because I think we're seeing elite talents you know, become really good really quickly. Well, I think it's also this speaks to how kids are raised, and not to get too deep on this, but I think that there's this expectation that guys – people are buying equipment for kids, you know, 8, 9, 10 years old, which major leaguers didn't have ha- access to, you know. Yeah. 10 yeah. years ago and that's just how it is so there is that advancement but that's getting a little too deep all right so um someone not named ali Dela cruz who is the for you the next player that you're excited about being called up and helping a team that you are excited about that i am excited about let's see who hasn't been up yet i mean you know what? I, I, go ahead no, yeah. You know what? I'm going to go with Kyle Harrison. Okay. Giants, a left-handed pitcher. Um, he hasn't really been out there for very long when he has pitched for AAA Sacramento so far this year. I think he's topped out at four innings a start. But his fastball really plays well. It's that perfect, like, flat fastball that guys think is going to drop, and then they're always swinging under it. It works you know, perfectly for the modern game in which guys are constantly taught to pitch at the top of the strike zone with your fastball. He has 61 strikeouts and 34 in the third inning. He also has mm. 31 walks. So that's kind of why I'm fascinated to see how it will play uh, when he makes the major leagues. Like, our guy's going to just be able to lay off his stuff. But the slider gets a plus grade. The changeup's above average. Um, all the pitches are there for him to really wow some people with those swings and misses he can get pretty quick. Uh, and the Giants... You know, I know they were in for Correa, they were in for Judge, 
all that stuff in the offseason didn't quite work out. But getting somebody like Kyle Harrison up could be a little bit of a spark when I think that that club needs one. As obviously the Dodgers, Padres, and the D-backs have been surprising this year. They, they need whatever help they can get. All right. So we did this when you popped on the podcast in spring training. I think I asked for your rookie of the year prediction, and I can't remember who you answered. But I'm going to give you a second go round of this. Um, you know these guys, these rookies better than anybody, and I'm just looking at some of the, so some of the names right now. Um, but I'm not going to I'm not going to sully your opinion with 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 me rattling off a bunch of names for you. Give me give me your uh, your pick to click when it because I don't think there's unless I'm missing some I don't think I'm there's like a runaway guy right now. Um, maybe I'm wrong. I'm still looking at the American League, National League. Eh, okay. Anyway, I, actually, National League there might be one coming to the surface right now. Um, but go ahead. What do you got? Rookie of the year, so, National League, American League. So, I think the National League is going to be more fascinating to me because it comes down to right now. Corbin Carroll and Francisco Alvarez. Yes, yes, yes. All right, good. I'm going to work. No, you're, you're, yeah, 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 you know, but you know, but here's the thing. Here's the thing is that I immediately saw Alvarez, and I'm like, because he's getting a lot of buzz lately, and everyone's he's on this tear and everything. And then you forget, I, I kind of forgot that Corbin Carroll's a rookie, and, and obviously he was only up a brief time, but he got the big contract, and he's sort of like the centerpiece, and um, and. Having watched him play, like he is like such a dynamic player, and and I'm I'm happy that that he got this contract and just hasn't like been overwhelmed by it. Um, right. I remember, so we were we were sitting in the dugout the other day, and one of the Red Sox players looks over, is like, oh, there, there he is, like he's like the guy, you know, twenty years old, whatever, two hundred million dollars, whatever it is. He's like, I tell you what, if I was that young and made that much money, I'd be insufferable. I'm like, <laughs> like, you know what? You're not alone. You are not alone. But anyway, Alvarez, and I think you're on the money. I think Alvarez and Corbin Carroll at the top of the list. Yeah, I mean, Carroll uh, was my preseason favorite. It was a lot of people's preseason favorites coming into the year for NL Rookie of the Year. Speed, that's top of the scale. Um, I think it's almost been a little surprising to me how well the power is played to this point where he's like slugging around 500. It's always been in there. And he's had some good numbers in the minors, but he plays at some really hitter-friendly parks in AA and AAA, so you take that with massive grains of salt. But the way it's playing right now has been really good. And somebody who plays really good defensively at, in the outfield, uh, he's always going to be somebody who you're going to look up and it's going to be like a 5-6 win player at the end of the year because there's just so many components that go into him. Whereas Alvarez, he's been a really good framer, and he's surprised many people in the in- industry with how his framing uh, has looked so far with the Mets because that's always been his biggest draw, drawback, I should say. Uh, but his power is what makes him, for us, a top three prospect coming into the year. The fact that it's playing like it has so far. And Buck Showalter finally yeah. came out of the ninth spot in the lineup, which was insane. But isn't, are the Mets the perfect example of what we're talking about? Of like, you, at some point, you just have to pull the trigger. And finally, they do it with Beatty. You know, they, they do it with a couple other guys and like, okay, you know, it's okay. It's okay. You can lean on these guys because your other guys aren't as good. Yeah. And I almost wonder how much of there's a disconnect between the front office and the manager office there because like they can call those guys up, but it's on Buck Walter to put them in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And it seems like his MO is always, we'll get a guy here, we'll get him comfortable, and then we'll slowly work him in. 
But like Beatty was the hottest AAA hitter going when he was called up. He should have been instantly inserted in the offense to give them a spark. Mark Vientos was really hot to begin the year too. He should be getting more playing time. I mean, I know they have a lot of veterans on that staff, but these young guys that they have coming up and already on the team should be getting ample playing time and prominent spots in the batting order. Mm-hmm. All right. So who is so you sticking with Carol? You're going to stick with Carol? Let's stick with Carol. I'm going to stick with Carol. Yeah, all right. There you go. Between those two, but I'm going to stick with Carol. All right. All right. That a boy. Still the favorite. There you go. All right. So American League, um, I have my pick right now. Who do you got? Uh, for the American League, and this is this one's not as exciting. I think, like when you look at who's <laughs> the, the candidates, which is really sad to say. I get it, uh, but my pick would probably be Hunter Brown. Oh, okay. All yeah, right, Chris Pitcher. Uh, sure. Three one two ERA right now. He's striking out at least a batter an inning. It's stuff that really works. We kind of thought he might be a reliever, but only because the Astros rotation was so loaded. Now they're dealing with a few injuries. He's getting started. You know, he's every appearance he's made has been a start. Um, he's starting to work deeper into games. It's just a pitch mix that I think is sustainable. Like this isn't a, a rookie getting lucky. In a way, like I'm really fascinated to see how Bryce Miller keeps going. As guys know, hey, just search for the fastball. Yeah, sit on the fastball. Hunter Brown's a deeper pitch mix. Uh, and with the Astros always in contention, he's always going to be getting attention. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm again, sorry. there's some other names I could throw out, but like I think he's at least the leader in the. I, I'm right surprised, now. Josh Young. No, no, no. He was going to be my number two. Okay, all right. Eleven home runs, eight thirty-seven OPS on a good team. So uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could definitely come down between those two guys. And you're right. I mean, I, normally my preference is to give it to position players. Because they're yeah. playing every day. Yeah. And they have more opportunities to change the narrative. Hunter Brown has a bad start. He has to sit around for four days. Josh Young could go over for four one day and but I tell you what, you, we, you know, this is another this is the Bryce Miller podcast, but like Bryce Miller, <laughs> if he continues to do what he's doing, he's gonna win it. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. Um well, yeah, and then obviously you have your sheet is in the mix. Um yep. Taj Bradley for the Tampa Ta- Bay Rays. Taj Bradley, yeah, Taj Bradley. Um yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting. But I'll come back to it. Nothing gets people excited more than this, man. Like, and we saw that with Joyce and with the Angels. Like, when the guy like comes in, and what was his? It's like the first ten pitches was a hundred and two or whatever it is. Yeah, so he was hitting like, triple digits, like double digits in one inning. It was yeah, it was insanely good. Isn't that crazy? Like that's crazy. I was talking to Dana. We had Dana Bard on. I'm like, do you realize what an event it was when you hit 99? <laughs> and it, so. it's not stopping either. I mean, you look at like Paul Skeens, the LSU pitcher, who I think is our number two draft prospect uh, on the MLB pipeline list, done by Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo, uh, and he's being talked about as like the greatest pitching prospect out of college since Strasburg. Really? I mean, yeah. The guy touched 103 in the SEC tournament. Um, he's got a slider that really works. He's got a curveball he can flip in there. Uh, but like the the quality of stuff that's still coming up and it hasn't even reached the pros yet is insane. I don't know if you're the right guy to ask this, but I'm going to ask anyway because I know that the guys you mentioned, they follow the draft. Off the top of your head, is there a guy right now who could be drafted that would crack, immediately crack the pipeline's top 10 top five um that's a debate that i'm going to be fascinated to have 
in July. So, right, the draft starts in early July. Right now we have Dylan Cruz as the number one draft prospect. Yeah. And we have that because he's somebody who walks, who hits the ball hard, plays a good center field. Again, like all the things we're talking about with Corbin Carroll, my hang-up is always I want to see it in the pros first. You can do it in the college level with a metal bat. I want to see you do it with a wood bat. I want to see you do it every day, not just on weekends. I want to see you do that over a large sample, and then I'll push you into the top five. That being said, I think Dylan Cruz would probably fall in the eight to ten range right now. Okay, which is very difficult to do uh, because all the tools are there. I mean, it's a potential like seventy hit tool on the twenty eighty scale. It's it's really good. Okay, good answer, excellent answer. All right, you got me excited, and you also educated me. I appreciate you educating me. Educate all those all these years I've known you. You're always educating me every time, even when you're an intern. For, for is it's you've always educated me. That's why I knew you were going big places. And keep up the good work, man. You're doing awesome. Well, thanks for all your help over the years, Rob. And yeah, it was great joining you. And we'll have to revisit this to see how the rookie of the years. Oh up. yeah, well, we'll, we'll definitely believe me. We're, I'm gonna I'm gonna wear you out. You're gonna there's gonna be a lot of t-shirts in your mail. So there you go. <laughs> Perfect. I love right. it. this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, well, it's an honor to have you on. And Matt, the first thing I always ask everybody is, and there's no wrong answer to this, why isn't baseball boring? Uh, because so we've had GMs, commissioners, managers, players, and everyone gives a good answer, and nobody's wrong. And assuming that you do believe it's not boring, right? Okay. Yes, 100%. Okay, all right. Uh, so what, what's your answer? Uh, it's the hardest sport out there. It's the most difficult. Um, there's a lot of failure, but the success is super rewarding. Um, it's just a lot of fun to go out there and play with eight other guys on the field and eight other guys in the lineup trying to uh, beat a pitcher or beat a hitter if you're on defense. I think that's one of the more rewarding things, is winning things as a team. So you, the thing that jumped out is it's the hardest, right? And one of the things is, is like, and you're going to experience throughout, and you've already experienced it, where and life is hard, right? But in baseball, your your failures are put on display, <laughs> you know, more so than maybe any other sport, right? Except for maybe the NFL quarterback, I yeah. guess. But can you relate to that? Like, the, the, like because this is another thing is that you have to. It teaches you to. You better be resilient, right? Yeah, yeah. You just have to ride the highs and you know get away from the lows as much as you can. But uh, I think being level-headed is uh, super big in the sport. Um, you know, you play so many games, you're playing every day, so it's like, you know, the game's over the day before, you got to get right back to uh, who you are. You can't be dwelling on the past too much, whether it was good or bad. What's been the biggest challenge for you? Not, not the biggest challenge in terms of your baseball playing life. What was the biggest sort of bump in the road for you? Um... The, the jump to levels um, in the minor leagues in college, from high school to college, college to the minor leagues, minor leagues to the big leagues, mm-hmm. um, I think just 
the level of play gets so much better at every level. Mm-hmm. Um, it keeps reminding me that I gotta I gotta continue to get better. And you know, there's a lot of really good players out there, and I gotta mm-hmm. keep working really hard. And that's been uh, one of the things that's been good for me. Um, I think that's the biggest challenge: just adjusting the level of play um, at every level. What was the most eye-opening one? Uh, just, where were you just when I got here? The pitching yeah. is a lot better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who would have known? Who would have? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, it was even more than you thought it would be. Uh, in some ways, yeah. Like just, yeah. Was, okay. Like there's, there's no breaks. Everyone's really, really good. You better bring it every every pitcher. Or... Was there a moment in, in your brief time? Like, was there a pitch or a pitcher where like, oh, I haven't seen, I haven't seen that before, except maybe in Pitching Ninja or something like that. Severino. <laughs> Look like he was throwing 105. Really? Yeah, he was, he was good. Yeah, <laughs> but you you faced velocity before, yeah. so but what's the difference? Uh, was, he was throwing it hard, like for seven or eight, or however long he went. Yeah, and it just looked like he was throwing 85, but it would come out gas. He was there's no effort behind it. <laughs> it's, it's it's funny because you get this. Another thing, majorly, is you get scouting reports, right? You yeah. have all this. But until and even they have the the contraption where you face, you know, yeah. the the video of the guy. Yeah. But it, I guess, off of what you said, like you can have all that, but until you see it, yeah, that's is that eye opening for you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, you face guys like that before, but it's just like, you know, it, it's different. I don't know. It's just different, but it's fun. Well, I I've asked this for a few guys. I asked this to Zach Gallon the other day. What is the thing that you would tell your younger self like okay so like to say you were drafted just you know a couple years ago what would you say as you're getting ready for the draft like what would you have told yourself that maybe you didn't realize uh three (laughs) uh i would say i don't know keep having fun which i have Mm -hmm. i've I've had fun through it all um i don't think i would change anything i tell myself I told myself to have fun, keep working hard, no matter what it's happens. It's hard though. It's, a, it's yeah, it is. It, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like I, I told myself the right things, and I continue to teach myself the right thing, tell myself the right things. Like just keep having fun, playing hard, and mm-hmm. that's what I stick to, and I really try and do that every single day. What, what was the draft tough for you? Like that's another thing that's coming up yeah. in a month, month uh-huh. and a half. Is that like, like you know we see the NFL draft? But yeah. It's also like was that tough for you? Because I you know I remember following like the mock draft for that, uh-huh. and you were like all, like, over, all the over the place. place yeah, right? yeah. Um, that was a little like draft day was like okay, like you know not picked yet. But other than that, you know I had a really good support group. Really good representation. Mm-hmm. Um, UCLA coaches supported me super well through the process, so it was like I had people that I could fall back on mm-hmm. and talk to if I wanted to. But I felt like you know whatever wherever I went, it, I was gonna be me. It didn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. But yes, I did. I did keep going down, but it well, all worked out. All right, so here. that's I'll go back to the question I had before: the kid who's sitting there, yeah. right now, like what would you tell him? <laughs> Uh, you'll be just fine. <laughs> you are really? Yeah. Because it's like, ultimately, you're going to have the opportunity to be in the major league. Yeah, right? that, that's the point. Is like, you get drafted, you're in pro ball. It's like, once you're in, no one cares how much you signed for. No one cares where you were picked. It's like, the guy's not going to be on the mound like, oh, this guy was drafted fifth overall. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you got a chance at, to play professional baseball. Yeah. Once you're drafted or sign a free agent contract, every everyone has a chance. So it's like... I was really hoping I, I 
thought I was going to get that chance that I did, and um, that was all I wanted was just an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny because that draft is so unique in terms uh, of shortstops. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, it's... How, do, how does that work? Like, how does it, like, work? Like, you, I would imagine, and some of them were high school, so they're a little bit different. Yeah. But did you work out with, like, Marcelo Myers and Jordan Lawler, so, like, those guys? And, um, you know, no. Um, I met Lawler in the fall league. Uh, the other guy, I don't know. Oh, I know he's, yeah, 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 I know yeah, he's yeah. from San Diego. I yeah, know he's yeah. a good player. But. But, but, but at the same time, you're probably doing YouTube, sir. Like, it's, you're, <laughs> right? I mean, you're being uh, compared, even you're, like, a little bit older. But yeah, still. like, I mean, I know who they were. I was <laughs> like, I know they're good players. And yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. But I wasn't like, oh, comparing myself to them or anything. No, okay. Well, that's fair. Let's yeah, because I know teams like there's different timelines. I was an older college guy, mm-hmm. and they're younger guys, so I know like some teams are looking for that, mm-hmm. and that's just what it is mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Did this happen faster than you thought? Or would you, I mean, I, it's hard not to put timetables on yeah. things, right? Yeah. But did this happen faster than you thought, or was it? Um, it's happened fast, but I think it's happened in good timing. I think mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I went through my ups and downs in the minor leagues. I learned. Um, I've gotten better. Um, and I've gotten here, and I've learned, and I need to get better. Um, so I think it's, everything's happened in good timing. A year a year ago, though, mm-hmm. like so a year ago, would you have said, okay, I think I have a chance to be standing here yeah. on the baseballs and board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, but in, in the Fenway Park visit club a year ago honestly did yeah. you think that this was a thing yeah you thought so you did yeah which would have been aggressive yeah <laughs> for sure absolutely but um uh, yeah but you gotta believe it i mean you you have to believe in yourself yeah that's right? the that's the most important thing yeah so yeah yeah I think so. so it's funny you talk about it was so well put by you about the draft about what the pitcher's never going to say oh you know hey yeah. that guy was picked in yeah. 17 instead of 4 or whatever like, yeah if you're at this if you're in the major leagues that guy probably was too it's, I mean yeah. or he's on some nice contract where like or he's an all star you know he's yeah. played well there's a reason that everyone's here the, but it's it's. I talked. We had Mickey Moniak on the other day. Yeah. This was the first overall pick in the draft. Yeah. The first, and we talked about sort of his, um, the burden that comes with that. Yeah. But to your point, the reason I bring him up is to your point. Once you get there, once you get the opportunity, your foot's in the door, and you just gotta play baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is is that hard to, in your brief time? Have you came to understand that? Like, you talk about having fun. And you, you talk about, like, it's playing baseball. But still, the shock and awe of, oh, my goodness, Major League Per Diem. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. oh, whatever. But then, like, okay, I'm just playing baseball. Yeah. Has that settled in a little bit for you? Yeah, it has. Um, it, it was moving fast at first. I was like, whoa, this is all going fast. Friends, family. Um, you know, like, seeing them after the games. And it's like, okay, now it's like... Back to baseball, back to business. I mean, not that it was in the beginning, but you know what I mean. Right. All the friends, family come out for the debut weekend and stuff, and it's moving fast. It's like, okay, you're on a flight that morning. You're playing that night. My debut, I flew in. at. Uh, they told me that night I was packing my stuff until like 2. Woke up at 5 for a flight, and I was playing that night in Colorado. That's crazy. Yeah, it was And not crazy. only playing, but playing in the thing that you like since you're five years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. feel like. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, you really had no time to think about it, which was kind of nice, honestly. Yeah. It was like, go, 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 game. So when you get in the batter's box, they probably asked this before, is it like, okay, is it, all right, I'm in a, ba- in, a, in a baseball batter's box, I'm hitting against a pitcher, or is it like... Well, the thing that's funny is... Uh, 
Connor Siebold was the guy faced on my... Mm-hmm. Uh, also been on yeah. the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's from Orange County where I'm from. Oh. And we work out at the same gym. So I've faced him probably 20, 25 times over COVID. Really? Yeah, and he was still in college, I think. Okay. Or he got drafted. And I don't know. He was still working out at the gym. And we would we would go do live at-bats when COVID hit. Because my, my college season was done. Mm-hmm. I think he was in pro ball and he wasn't mm-hmm. at the, at the uh, site mm-hmm. or alternate site. Yeah. So I faced him. Uh, face- Tanner Bybee, the dude with the Guardians, like plenty of times. A couple other guys too. But uh, that's Chris. So I, Connor Siebel was your first guy that you faced. Faced, and I had faced him 15, 20 times before that. That's crazy. Yeah. In a cage, a single. Did cage. It, so like again? Was it was sort of like oh, this is just back in the cage, or is this uh, was a it? little bit? It it helped me out a little bit. But he yeah, he was my first hit, and he was my first strikeout. Oh really? Yeah, he struck me out first. Did you get a chance to talk to him? Like, yeah, I did after the game. Uh, we that's, went to dinner that's, together. That's crazy. Yeah, that's good dude. <laughs> it is crazy. How many people know that? What's the, oh, so there I you mean, go. My family does, but oh, there you go. We break story. Yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> but but it's it, it that must have helped you though in this whole thing of like a, of of li- little things like that. Yeah. Where it's like okay. The shock and awe of, of everything, and then you step in the batter's box and a familiar face. I yeah. guess I'm looking at you. Yeah, that was cool. What do you hit? Uh, he has a good changeup. He he does. He my first at bat, I flew out to first base, fastball inside, jam shot. Uh, second at bat, he got me two strikes. I hit a fastball up to center, double. And then third at bat, free pitch strikeout. Really? Yeah. Were you telling guys, hey, hey guys, I, no. I, I just want to let you know, I, I know I'm the new kid here, but I'm like... Uh, uh, I think I told... I might have told a steer. Yeah. But I don't think I told him. I want. I don't know. I was just nervous. I was. Well, like, that's the thing. It's yeah. like, what do you, so let me tell you guys how to hit this guy. Hey, yeah, it's my first day here. <laughs> let me just tell you guys everything I know. Like, oh, I wasn't going to do that. That's, so what is the thing that's the coolest thing about being in the big leagues? And Playing don't, against good competition. Oh, come on. Like, no. Like, like you want something different? Yeah, I want something the hotels. like. Yeah, well, like I, so, like, I do broadcast. Like, there's a big swing between the Motel 6 and the hotels. Yeah, the, 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 hotel, the hotels yeah. and... Uh, I don't know, just getting to see the cool cities. Yeah. You know, there's no minor league cities like Boston. They yeah. just came from Chicago. It's like, there's no minor league cities like that. No. That and the hotels are really nice. You get your own bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, yeah. it's little things like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. All right, the last question. Food. Food. Yeah. yeah. Again, per diem. Yeah. Per diem. Yeah, so the last question is, is and I asked this, uh, I love this question. I asked Julio Rodriguez this. If you, because he was my answer. Mm-hmm. If you had to start a major league franchise with one player, who would it be? Now you have to factor all this in. So I, I said this to Julio because he was my answer. You know who Julio's answer was? Julio. Julio. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say that, but uh, <laughs> no, he, he's a really good player. No, uh, but um, other people, uh, there's other, other answers. Like obviously Shohei Itani and. We had uh, Buster Olney on, and he said, well, if, you know, I said, well, he's older, he might break down. Well, if he breaks down pitching, you can hit. If he breaks down hitting, yeah. you can pitch. But, no, again, no wrong answers. But I think that's the obvious answer. Uh, Otani? Yeah. Okay. I don't see how. All right. <laughs> I mean, you could say the cool but. Yeah, he's a stud. Yeah. But Otani does both. It's hard. It's, it's hard. It wouldn't be yeah. with the best of all. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, it. No problem. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time.
two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.